0: I I enjoy um international travel. Hey, will you bring up the, the lights? It's dark. I like to be able to see people. There you go. There's a light that was dark in here today. It's part of the dark outside, but hey, there's people there. I'll just note that the looking at Simeon on the front row this morning, Tino over there is just better than looking at the normal guys I gotta look at who are out of town. So I, I might preach a little better today. Tina, Tino, I, I like your shirt. It's a nice shirt, Tino. Well, I mean, we have the same shirt on. I mean, you know, I, I, like, he, he, he tried to give me his fanny pack, but I ain't that cool. Anyway, I, I, um, I enjoy going on mission trips. I enjoy international travel. And I enjoy experiencing other cultures. One of the things that I, that I really do... Enjoy is experiencing food in other cultures. And so going other places and, and eating. If, you, if y'all remember Fat Zach from like two years ago, you'll remember that I just like food. I like experiencing food, period. But I really do love food from, from other cultures and trying it. However, I don't always enjoy the way other cultures uh, consume their food. Um, COVID happened, right? And it's like COVID starting to happen. AJ and I are in India. And do you know how, in a lot of places in India, you know how you consume your food? With your fingers. And um, we're, we're sitting there, we're eating, and you take something like, I, I don't remember what the, the bread is called, but imagine it's like, kind of like a tortilla of sorts, and you just tear off a piece of it, and you take it, and you just kind of, they do this like swirling motion, and they get whatever rice and, and lentils or whatever they're going to eat and roll it up. And they take a bite, and they have nothing on them. They're, fu- you know, like they're they're used to it. There's like nothing on their mouth. There's very little things on their on their hand. They just wipe their hand off. Every time I tried it, I ended up with it all over my face, all like everywhere. You know, um, Ethiopia has a similar thing with injera. If you've ever been, been to Ethiopia and they have injera, it's like a, it's a it's more like a looks more like a pita bread, but it's real squishy and is kind of bitter. What's it called? Spongy. It's spongy. That's a good word for it. Same thing, but then you taste it, and it tastes like you put vinegar in your mouth. It's kind of weird. <clears throat> Every time I go into, uh, like, a Chinese restaurant, I try eating with chopsticks. Anybody proficient in eating with chopsticks? Okay, me neither. I'm horrible at it. I, like, try I laugh at myself. I might get past sushi. I can do sushi with it. But, but by the time I get to the main meal, I'm going for a fork. I'm a big fan of a fork, uh, I, think, I think whoever invented forks was a good man, good woman, whatever. They're good. Like they, they need like a Nobel Peace Prize. Same with spoons. I mean, I like forks. I like steak, probably my favorite food. For, a fork is excellent for steak, isn't it? You can just stab it and put it in your mouth. But I'm not going to lie, I also like Captain Crunch. Uh, it's a great cereal. You should try eating Captain Crunch with a fork. Would not work very well, would it? No, therefore, I also appreciate a very good spoon. Uh, spoons are good, too. Uh, whoever came up with a spoon, I mean, there's, there's certain tasks when, it, when you pull yourself up to the table. There's a there's certain task that the spoon is way better than the fork for. Therefore, when we sit down at the table, uh, when we go to a restaurant, most of the time, depending on what they're serving there, there is both a fork and a spoon. Why? Because we need both of them. Now, Sometimes I go, I go camping, backpacking, and uh, when, I'm, when I'm backpacking, you want to go in backpacking as light as possible. You want to cut out all extra weight that you can. So I don't carry a fork and a spoon. Rather, I carry a spork. And let's just be honest, it's a flawed design. It works, but it barely works. A spoon and a fork is much better. Today, uh, we're going to be talking... Um, Uh, About this idea that God created male and female. And here's my first big truth that I want us to see. This is the big truth that I want us to walk away with today. Is that you are fearfully and wonderfully made male or female. Female. Male or female, you are fearfully and wonderfully made. Remember last week our big truth was very similar. You are fearfully and wonderfully made body and spirit. Remember both your body and your spirit, your body and your soul, your body and your inner self. They are together. They cannot be separated. Today I want you to know that you are fearfully and wonderfully made male or female. The, the root uh, of this text and what shapes the whole Bible's outlook on what it means to be created in the image of God comes from Genesis 1, 27. And Moses writes, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And so here's the first big idea as we jump in this morning. Both males and females are created in the image of God. Both males and females are created in the image of God. So talking about this theologically, one thing that we would say is that that God in in and of himself, he is not like us. He is spirit and we have bodies. In the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, yes, he has a has a body in his Son, Jesus. But we don't, when we think of of God, often we think of him as male, but but he is above us, and when he created us, it says male and female are created in his identity. That means his identity transcends what we think of. So, theologically speaking, it is very clear here. In the image of God, he created them male and female, both male and female. So, there's not some, something weird here, if you like, would think back to... Um, Greek life and the way that many people in the New Testament would have understand the Bible. There's a, there's gods and goddesses. Uh, no, there is but one God, and we aren't Him. We aren't we aren't God. We are rather created in the image of God. We are created in His likeness. He modeled our ability to think and to think differently than any anything else in the created order after him, and there is no separation, both male and female. He created that way. You know, there's so, something in our, in our popular culture that, man, I want to be careful here because a lot of you have done this, right? Um, a lot of you are fans of this, and I, I just don't like it. It just doesn't sit easy with me. I just don't like it. Uh, and that's gender reveal parties. Um, and let me just wanna sort of just quickly tell you why. I think we so so often get, get caught up in the um, Instagram, Pinterest, TikTok battle, Facebook race. You know, it's like always having to be um, more creative, cuter, whatever, in how we do engagements and prom pictures and whatever. It's just a race, and it's just it's a stupid race. Not all races should be run. And that's like one of them. So that, that's like part of it. Um, it generally speaking, I could, just, I could go on about weddings and, and why we've, we've, we've like, that, what are you doing? Why are you spending $50,000 on a wedding because of four weddings and say yes to the dress and all that has caused, it's all, it's all business. Gender reveal, though, this is what bothers me about them. It's not necessarily that they're exorbitant and we, we blow them up and it's part of the race. It's that in some ways, it seems as if with gender reveals, we can celebrate one gender over another. And so, you know, I've seen, I've seen it where, you know, the, it, the, the gender, it comes out pink and everybody's like, yay, and it's fake. But it comes out blue and the dude, the dad jumps six foot off the ground. He like goes nuts and he's like, yeah, I got a boy. man we we don't we don't control at all the gender of the child that the lord gives us and whether male or female we, we ought to celebrate it equally right we we ought to whether a boy or girl be incredibly excited that the lord has bestowed upon us this gift of raising a child male or female now that being said like i'm not like against them i'm not like i i just like sometimes it bothers me just yeah, whatever Here's what I want to show you, though. Isn't it crazy that this is such a big thing in our world? Does our world not do it? I mean, think of some of the ones that you've seen. I mean, literally, wasn't there like a million acre fire in California last summer, or in 2020, rather, that started because of a gender reveal? It caught something on fire. Like, we do all these things. I was, I was uh, hunting a few weeks ago up in the mountains, and I found a wad of blue balloons from a gender reveal. Litters. Um... There's all sorts of stuff all, all, all the time. And so we celebrate that in our world, don't we? But on the other hand, we're over here going, but you don't choose your gender. You don't choose what you get to be, right? You're, you're, you're born, or you get to choose rather. You're, you're, you're born male or uh, female, that's your biological sex, but your gender can change. And so really, you would think that a lot of people in the world would be opposed to gender reveals or even see them unnecessary, wouldn't you? But yet yet we don't, because something inside of us knows, right? We know that you are born male or female. The world doesn't agree. The world doesn't agree with this statement. Both males and females are created in the image of God, because they deny that we are created in the image of God. They deny God's creation. But yet we, as Bible-believing peoples... Bible-believing Christians go, no, we are made in the image of God, and we are male and female. When we were to talk about this idea of, of gender dysphoria, gender um, uh, confusion, um, we, we start working through it and thinking through it, and, and you know, all of a sudden, we're like, well, you're born this way, it's your brain, what's inside you different than what's outside you, you've got a male brain, female body, there's all sorts of stuff going around with XX chromosomes, XY chromosomes, what's more than chromosome that makes you male and female, there's all these these theories, and over and over and over, uh, science isn't backing up the theory, Um, I'm going to talk about this some more, but over and over and over, you're going to see that science isn't what's saying what makes male and female. We are either born male or we're born female. But does it not so often seem like what we're doing is fighting over a fork and a spoon and which one is better? And it seems like it's not like oh, it's not non-controversial for me to get up here to say today that, man, I'm, I appreciate both forks and spoons. In today's world, we're like, well, you don't know if you're a fork or a spoon. You don't know which you are, it seems. It seems wild to to think of this. Um, I, I want you to understand that when we talk about sinfulness, and, and even when we want to talk on the scientific level, when we talk about um, our brains and studying brains and our brains' pathways in which our ways our brains can be rewired, what causes it? What what causes our brains to work the way that they do? And so again. Here, this argument really is going to come back to, in my opinion, what is nature versus nurture. And, And in our world, we have a major nurture issue. We make this statement, both males and females are created in the image of God. That seems like it should be a straightforward statement, but the truth, it's not. Do you know why? Because we haven't treated males and females the same. We haven't treated males and females as both created in the image of God. We've not created both males and we've not treated both males and females as if they are created with dignity. And so our fight over forks and spoons comes back to this big problem, and it is that of how we love our neighbor as ourselves. You got to remember, I, I mentioned in a previous in a previous sermon that we we're talking about how we treat women being one of the root causes, one of the other bee stings connected to the beehive of how we get the image of being made in the image of God wrong. I pointed out that it was not until the 1920s that women had the right to vote. I did a little further research on that this week, and I want you to know that in the founding of our country, John Adams' wife said to him, when you guys are, when when you're making laws for our country, you should make them more fair and treat women more equally than those, than our ancestors of the past. So in the very beginning of our country, this started to happen. In the 1800s, we, we see it. We see women's suffrage movement and those things where women are crying out, hey, we are created equal. So, what you get, within, if you, if you go back in history, what you're going to see is that there have been times throughout history where women were treated as equals, when women were treated uh, as almost servants, when we, women were treated with way lesser dignity and spe- respect than the Bible requires. If you go to the Scriptures, which is what we as Christians ought to do, what you're going to see is that women are created in the image of God, and they have dignity and worth. I would, I would invite you to study the Gospels and see the way in which Jesus treated women. Why it was Mary and, and Martha and the other Mary, and, and how when Jesus rose from the dead, it was women who first got there. Right, when you read the Apostle Paul and you read his writings and how what he says about women, read Romans chapter 16 in the closing and see if, see if you think that Apostle Paul uh, counted women as equal, equals in partnership of the expansion of the gospel as missionaries. And you're going to find out he, in fact, did. It's when we've corrupted that that has caused problems. And so within us and how we treat one another, the world, though it doesn't agree now, it's, it's, it's never agreed. Uh, it's just been in different, different ways. The rise of feminism. Um, man, I am, I'm in, in, in no ways I can look at feminism and I can actually see, uh, I think you can draw a, a, a line from where we are today and you, you can see some of the, the feministic causes that have gotten here. But also, you can see where we are today is also against feminism. The world is at war with itself. There really is still an argument over forks and spoons. I've often said, uh, it's 10 years as, as a youth pastor, 10 years as a student pastor, and I've often said that the hardest thing in the world to be is a middle school girl. said it from this, this stage many times. The hardest thing in the world to be is a middle school girl. I want, to, I want to talk about that for a second. Why, why do I say that? Why do I say the hardest thing in the world to be as a middle school girl? One, um, social media is a pressure that most adults in the room did not have to feel as a kid. And, guy or girl, when you were a kid, and so you were bu- bullied at school or, or, or whatever, um, you got on the bus. And you went home. And you might have been bullied on the bus. You might have been bullied on the bus. But when you got home, you were home. You didn't have to deal with people at school while you were at home. Now, you might have dialed up the old rotary phone. Or maybe you were a little cooler and you had the phone with a really long cord on it. You know, and could hide in the closet and you could call a friend or something. But you didn't have to call somebody you didn't want to call, right? Our kids don't get that. They don't get that. If you let your kid have social media, you have to realize school follows them home every day. And there are, there are pressures that follow those, those students home every day. And bullying can follow them home every day. Now, here, here's the se- here's, here's second thing. So, so the first would be that our, our pressures are a 24-hour pressure. There's not a, a, an escape from them. There's, a, there's an escape to be something. Now, here's the next thing. Our standard for what a woman must be in our culture changes, changes all the time. I, I saw I, I saw a video the other day showing what what a body should look what should have looked like according to culture in the 1960s, and there was a there was a measurement with it 36, 21, 36, something like that. That meant a twenty one inch waist or something. I mean, it was it's, it's this wild kind of figure and. Then you um, you you come up into the '90s and it show what are you supposed to in the '90s? What was a a woman supposed to look like? She was supposed to be um, skinny as a rail. She was supposed to be uh, the 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 model for that was a Victoria Secret model, and that's what a woman ought to look look like. And you come up into the 2000s, and I forget what the 2000s were. I forget a lot about the 2000s. But in the 2010s, there was this thing called thigh gap. So a woman's supposed to have a thigh gap. And and, um, it's obviously a gap between her thighs. But then you you come up to uh, today, and it's much more Kardashian. Um, I think that's what they they said. And so uh, different parts of the body are supposed to have different size, so much so that there's surgery to make those parts of the body look bigger. And so when I say you've you've got women, it's hard to like... You have different body types, and you look different, and your body changes as you age. And no two people are created exactly the same. But for whatever reason, as a culture, we're going, if you're going to be beautiful, you must look like this. And it's a moving target. Good luck hitting it. Now, let's now tell a a 7th or an 8th grader, you must look like that. And as your body is growing and your hormones are changing and your body's not doing what you think the culture says it ought to do as it's growing, let's make fun of you. I remember several years ago, they were on Instagram, they would take four girls. Some, some jerk bully would, would get a picture of four girls and they would, they would post it on Instagram, like in a, like a pick stitch, four blocks. And then, then they would send it around and people would vote on it To to then vote to say who is the prettiest out of the four, and so they would then then post that picture again with an X on it, and and the person with the you know the X like it was like it was it was how cruel is that? How cruel is that? And then there's, I, I mean. I Mean girl seems to be a real thing, right? And, and there are mean, mean girls and there are mean boys. And there are boys trying to do things to girls constantly that they, they shouldn't. I, I, um, I, was, I was at the park on Friday throwing the baseball, throwing batting practice with John. And some middle school boys came by. And they were saying stuff. And I'm not kidding you. It was the power of the Holy Spirit that did not keep me from chunking a baseball at one of those boys. I mean, I was, like, I was about to do it. I was already a little frustrated. I was about to do it. it. One of them was talking about doing something with the other one's mom. And I was like, I ought to knock his head off with this baseball. Middle school boys, that's, that's the other thing that makes middle, being a middle school girl hard is middle school boys. They got all sorts of stuff going on in their bodies. And they're dumb. <laughs> love you middle school boys in the room. I love my middle school boys, but... Um, it's not it, as our bodies are, are 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 transitioning from being girls and boys to men in our culture with our cultural pressures it is hard. We very much live in a world where on one side it feels like if you are a girl you are less than. You are less than if you are a girl. You're not celebrated if you're growing. It is a lie of Satan. Listen to me, young girls in the room. You are created in the image of God. You are made who he wanted you to be. And you have equal and value and worth in, in, to God as anybody else. Man, woman, boy, or girl, you matter to God. But at the same time, we come over here to, 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 to guys, to, to boys, and we, we say, we put them in, in a box. And if you don't look this way, dress this way, talk this way, act this way, you're less than a man. We, we look to young guys and we, we put them in a box. And so the, the, the world is saying this is, a, this is a gender norm. You're not fitting a gender norm because you don't like to do these things. These things, which by the way change culture to culture, change time period to time period, and so then you're told that you're less than. Now, what's that resulted in is that then we're going okay. Well, maybe, maybe your brain's mixed up, and maybe you've got the the biological sex of a male, but maybe your brain is female, or maybe you have these. Maybe you are not. Uh, cisgender or you're non-binary and we put con- this confusion in there. And because we bully somebody male or female because they don't fit into a, to a box it's got us to a place of, of playing with psychology and playing with psychology has led to okay you're not this or that let's change your body. Let's do puberty blockers let's change let's change your let's let's keep you so that you can later figure out if you want to go through puberty or not as uh, with this with testosterone or without testosterone let's let's you you get to decide let's let's physically have surgeries that change your anatomy It's irreversible damage. And and, and might I remind you that this is a multi-billion dollar industry where hospitals have every, like, the medical medical industry is making money off of it. Now, if if you go onto, like, the American Psychiatric website and... You start reading about gender norms and wh- how they would diagnose somebody who's got g- gender dysphoria. They're gonna use the word a strong desire. They have a desire to wear clothes of the opposite sex, they have a strong desire to play with toys of the, the opposite sex. They have a strong desire to. Isn't that interesting? We're going, to change, we're going to change our body based off of desire. We're going to change what we have said for thousands of years as humanity based off of desire. Now, remember, we talked about self a few weeks ago in the first, that, that there are more self help books. There are more books about self and fulfilling self desire written in America than anything else. It's, it's, it's based on desire. Um, I don't know what I did. But I, I typed in something on, on my phone that got me in an algorithm loop for the new GMC uh, A4X pickup truck or whatever it is. right? I, I don't know why, but I, now, now for whatever reason, I, I see this ad all the time. Now, my truck's in the parking lot. It's blue. Uh, it's got the, the, the clear coats peeling off. It's got... Red gas tanks on the side. That's my truck. I love my truck. I've I've desired my truck. I like my truck. It's just the way that I want it to be. But do you know when I keep getting that that new brand new GMC put in front of me, all of a sudden I've got a new desire. The algorithm has planted a desire in my heart. I want a new truck. Now, that's a that's Jennifer's (laughs) up here shaking her head. You ain't getting it. (laughs) You desire it all you want. You ain't getting it. That's right. I clicked on it. I looked at 63,000. What? No. I want you to understand something. Our desires are nurtured in our hearts. They are. They are nurtured in our hearts. And we have very natural desires. The desire to eat. The desire to reproduce. We'll talk about them in a minute. Like we have desires, but so often... Um, the particulars of those desires are then shifted by what is put in front of us. There are, there are types of foods that I have never craved until somebody put, in, put it in front of me and I had to eat it. And now, now I like it. Now I crave it, right? Man, there's people in, there's people in the room. I hope there's a lot of people in the room who've never done drugs. have never experienced have no desire for it. But the other people who after taste it, after getting the first puff, after getting the first thing, it creates desire. My, my, one of my main points in telling you is that so much of what is going on in our world is put there by us being nurtured into it. By an algorithm often for profit. The very things you want, the very things you desire, no matter what the struggle is, the, the, the new whatever, the certain kind of lifestyle. I, I mean, just think about this. 20 years ago, nobody wanted to live in a van down by the river. And tune into Instagram, and guess what everybody wants to do now? Who, who's thought about, like, the van life just sounds all right? Raise your Be honest. Like, the van life, you know, a lot of people are like, let's just, let's just forget work. And let's get in a van, and let's be nomads, and we can just like, you know, put some pictures of ourselves eating granola and doing yoga with a beautiful view, and we'll get clicks and make money. Like, 20 years ago, that was seen as a bad thing, and now it's seen as a good thing. I want you to understand something. Ten years ago, teenagers weren't, weren't sitting around going, I think I want to kill myself, because I feel like a boy, and I'm a girl. Or I don't, I don't. I don't. I want to kill myself because I, you know, I don't feel right on the inside. Based off of, based off of this, this wasn't happened. This was nurtured. It was nurtured. It was. It was a result of a of, of between feminism and the sexual revolution and, and our, our want for freedom that has ended up enslaving us. It has been nurtured. This is what happens. And this is this is why here, here's why I'll I I tell you this. Years ago, um, Jennifer taught at a high school in, in our our town of Frankfurt. And she taught on the um, west side and our church was on the east side. Most of our students were on the east side. Shout out, I've got a few of those east side, Franklin County students, Vince, Vince traveling here from out of town, visiting with us today. Franklin County alum there. And, and in Jennifer's high school, this was, this was like oh seven oh eight, I think. Um, there, there was a ton of people coming out of the closet. Like coming out day and all that was like huge. But at the school on the east side, guess what? Wasn't happening. Wasn't happening. So my question was, what was different? Is the water that you're drinking... Is the water different? Is water, what's, what's happening? No, it was very much what is being nurtured in one school versus what's being nurtured in another. What was cool in one school, which wasn't, wasn't cool in the other. Now, guess what happened? <laughs> it made its way over. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. It, it happens. But it's very much what culture is promoting at, at the time. And so that's what's happened. Now, the scary part is that the, our, our schools say well, you can struggle with this, but we're not going to tell your parents because your parents, if they try to change your mind on this, it's abuse, right? That's 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 the scary part of it. That's to say, and once your hit kid hits 13 years old, and if they were to go to UC Health, they were, are to, to you know to be in a, in a hospital, they're they're basically saying, well, we we're, we're not without that student's permission going to reveal to the parent anything about their their gender to the parent without this, the, their permission, lest the parent. Be cruel to them and try to change it. I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a scary world, but it is being conditioned by the world. It's being spoken by the world. It's instead of going, hey, maybe this is your issue, this is your issue. And if you'll make these adjustments, then it will get better. I, I, I did, I've, I've studied research. Um, man, there's so much conflicting research, there's so much bias in research. Uh, Around this topic, I mean, you're going to get people from both sides, people who are against it, people who are for it, and so it's hard to find non-biased research. Um, There's research that came out that said there's a 43% reduction in uh, suicidal thoughts of those who go through gender-conforming surgery. And then that later comes out to say, there's another, another research says, no, that's, that's a horrible look at that data. There really is no difference. So someone who has a gender reassignment surgery in 10 years, as someone who, who went through the same thing and didn't, they're going to have the exact same outcome. They're either going to struggle or they're not. And so you're, you're looking at this and going, no, this is nurture. This is what we've created it to be I just want you to hear me male and female God created you he created you in your your body to, to be you male or female and whether you are male or female you have value and you have purpose I want you to understand that. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. God, God gives you the same commandments, male or female, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and all your mind, and to love your neighbor as yourself. The great commission to take the gospel to all the nations still applies to you, male or female. There's purpose. I want you to see that purpose. In Genesis 1.28 And God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And so I want to show you something that God created both males and females for the purpose of multiplication. I want you to understand there, there is in God's Design of us and not just us, but other animals as well. Procreation was part of the purpose. I want you to understand that when we talk about being male and female, there there is a lot tied up into that. That is for the purpose of procreation. Um, I was I was sitting with my my nieces um, at my my sister's house around the table and. And it was the day that Apple released their senior pastor emoji. Um, anybody know what the senior pastor emoji is? Um, the, the very day that the pregnant man came out. You know that? The pregnant man? Looked at There's a pregnant man emoji. Seriously, it's, it's on your iPhone. It's there. You have a pregnant man emoji. So it's this bald-headed looking man with a big old belly. And, and I looked at it, and I, and, and, and I was the only person that had this thought. It was like, <laughs> it looks like a senior pastor. in Most churches, right there. That's what it looks like, like a pregnant, man, big old, big old belly. Um, I looked at them and I laughed at it. And one of my nieces got mad at me. She was like, "Men can get pregnant." No, sweetie, they can't. Yes, they can. You know, you're being a bigot. Like, I'm really not. Men don't, men don't have ovaries. Men don't, I, there's like a number of things here that they, they don't have. They cannot get pregnant. Our world has lost its mind. Both men and women have value. Both men and women are part of God's plan. God gave you the body. He gave you with a purpose. It has multiple purposes, but I want you to understand that it's rooted in uh, procreation, multiplication. But he just didn't do that, did he? We jump back up a little bit. It says, Then the man said, this is verse 23, This is at last, This bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh, she shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And here's my next big idea. God created marriage for a man and a woman to become one flesh to fulfill his purposes. And so I want you to understand something, that the fork and the spoon go together beautifully. That the Lord created man and woman to be together. This doesn't mean that there is not a call to singleness. That doesn't mean there's anything wrong with singleness. What I am saying is God did not create a woman to be with a woman or a man to be with a man or um, any number of other things that we are coming up with today today. That God created a man and a woman for the purpose of multiplication, but in the confines of marriage. And when we get away from marriage, when we get away from the sanctity of marriage, when we get away from what marriage is, we pervert whatever God's purposes are. And so, so much of our culture today, I would tell you, is a result of us not caring about marriage. Not defining marriage as something between one man and one woman. Next week, I'm going to jump in. I'm going to talk about what it means to be created as a man. The next week, I'm going to talk about what it means to be created as a woman. But what I will show you, that in both of those things, what we're going to find out, if the parents were not in a good marriage, that being a, rather being a man or being a woman, there is way more struggle. That, that God created um, marriage to be for a man and a woman together. It is, it is not for anything else. I'll, I won't belabor this point. We'll touch on more of it next week. Here's the next thing I want to show you. Verse 29, And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has a breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good and there was evening and there was morning the sixth day and the last thing i would show you is this that god's design is good god's design is good i'll first just go ahead and admit it god's design is good and we marred it by sin we did sin has corrupted it it's given us it's given us A desire for evil things. But God's design is good. It is God's design that we should pursue. We should trust God. That the God who breathed life into us knows us. And knows how he formed us. He knows his purpose for us. And so therefore we should submit ourselves to his purposes. To his design. We should say that yes. God knows best. That what God designed for me. Is what is best for me. The next two weeks. When we talk about. um, What the Bible says about manhood. And what the Bible says about womanhood. Those are the things in which we should. uh, Submit ourselves to. Those are the things in which we should desire. The brokenness in our hearts. this, This gets us to desire other things. Our sinfulness gets us to desire other things. Uh, those, those things, we'll be able to sh- show you in the Ten Commandments how, how that works, how covenant works, how lust works, that how, how hatred leads to, to, to murder. We go back up to the definition, and it says, okay, here's what uh, people with gender dysphoria, they desire other things. They desire, uh, they, de- they desire this or they desire that. I want you to understand. Our hearts are hardened and rebellious towards God. And so often we do not just desire God. But our prayer ought to be, Lord, give us desire. Give us self-denial. The world in, in, in claiming to love self is give me the desires of my heart. But is that the claim of scripture? Is that what God tells what God tells us in scripture? So Jesus says what? Deny yourself. Deny your desire. It it may feel like today maybe you you struggle today. I'm sure there's people in here who struggle with with some sort of gender dysphoria or same-sex attraction or de- desiring a relation a sexual relationship outside of marriage. There are, probably, there are probably in people in this room who desire money so much so that they're willing to embezzle to get it or to steal to get it. There are people in the room who may desire so, something so much that they're willing to kill to get it. And no matter what the desire is, the desire is against Scripture, deny yourself that desire. Deny yourself and follow him. I will tell you that self denial is, in fact, a good thing, a rewarding thing. And so often in my life, what I've figured out is when I've desired one thing and I see it's not clear in Scripture, it's not the Lord's will for me, and I have denied myself that thing, that the Lord has given me a better thing, that the Lord has given me a better gift, that the Lord has given me, he's fulfilled the desire of my heart and it has been better. Because God's design is good. God's design for us is that we would love Him and we would obey Him. God, in His design for us and in his, His solution for our sin and our brokenness was to send His Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins that we may know Him. So, deny yourself. Take up your cross Place your faith in the Lord Jesus and be saved. Father, we love you and we thank you for your word. And Lord, I, would, I pray that we would just believe it and see it as the truth that it is. That we would see the truth of scripture. And we would see the chaos that's been created in the world around us. And that we would run from the world. That we would be non-conforming to the world. That we would be radicals, and that we don't go the way of the world, and that we would run to you. That we wouldn't reject you and your teaching, that we would run to you and your teaching, that we wouldn't reject We'd reject the world and the lives of Satan. Lord, I pray that everyone in the room today would know, no matter, no matter their gender, that they have value and worth. No matter what the world says about them. That you love them. That you care for them. And Lord as a group of people. I pray that we would see others through those eyes. That we would see others through the eyes that they are created in your image, that we would, te- we, would, we would treat male and females with dignity and respect, and we would love them as you love them, that we would truly be a people who love our neighbors as ourselves, no matter their sin, no matter their dysphoria, no matter the struggles, God, that we would love them as ourselves, that we would be compassionate that we would be kind, and that we would be truth-tellers, proclaiming the truth in love throughout our daily lives. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Please stand and sing a song of response.